You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Why do inspired cells need electronic command and control? It seems they may not. Meeting face-to-face may be all that's required. The FBI adds Syrian electronic army operators to its most wanted list. Infrastructure hacks return to the news as indictments of Iranian operators are expected today. Water utilities move front and center ahead of electrical power grids. The FBI may be unlocking the San Bernardino jihadist county-issued iPhone with some NAND mirroring and a little help from the Bureau's friends at Celebrite. University of Maryland's Ben Yellen talks with us about privacy rights in cyberspace. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Thursday, March 24th, 2016. ISIS claims online, as usual, responsibility for the Brussels massacres. This comes as no surprise since the caliphate's adherents have been celebrating the murders through their social media accounts since Tuesday. Also, as expected, ISIS welcomes all the media coverage it's receiving, even when that coverage condemns jihad, as, of course, throughout the civilized world it does. ISIS believes that its messaging, including especially its propaganda of the deed, reliably inspires recruits and fighters. Thus, the turn of ISIS information operations toward more inspiration of the disaffected and the criminal who find themselves residing abroad. Such recruits are easily organized, indeed easily self-organized, into small cells whose coordinated actions are sufficiently local to require little more command and control than that which what face-to-face word of mouth can provide. European authorities are here recognizing the old familiar lesson in the guerrilla war they are now fighting – Intelligence collection easily outstrips analysis and dissemination. National intelligence and security services in the European Union lament the difficulty of sharing actionable intelligence across borders and between intelligence services and their counterparts in the judicial system. Since inspiration seems to have replaced command and control in ISIS operations, counter-ISIS information operations take on new urgency – but the jihadist movement may be showing early signs of moving into a phase in which organized crime becomes a significant player. The reported involvement of Italy's Camorra gangs in rendering material support to jihadists in Europe evokes in some respects the decades-long rise of narco-terrorism in the New World. The convergence of the political and the criminal, of the warrior and the gang member, is also seen among regional opponents of ISIS. The U.S. FBI has added two members of the Assad regime's Syrian electronic army to its most wanted list. Crooks, patriots, skids, or soldiers, it's even harder to tell with the SEA than it is with ISIS. In legal news, Preet Bharara, U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, announced late this morning that seven Iranian nationals have been indicted for hacking a flood control dam in Rye, New York, in August and September of 2013. The indictment names 34-year-old Hamid Firuzi as the attack's leader. Firuzi and his co-conspirators worked for two Iranian firms. 
ITSEC team, also known as ITSEC, and the Mursad company. Both companies are alleged to be cat's paws for the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps. The dam's control systems happened to have been disconnected for maintenance while the attack was ongoing. At least one question remains. Why Rye, New York? What about the system or its network made it an attractive or accessible target? In any case, there's a reward out for information leading to the apprehension and prosecution of Mr. Feruzi and his associates. If you know anything, the U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York and the FBI will be glad to hear from you. Much attention has focused in recent months on cyber threats to the electrical power grid, with the rolling blackouts in western Ukraine endured last December, drawing considerable interest and provoking considerable alarm. And the results of continuing investigation of that incident suggest that the attackers were more patient and better prepared than previously suspected. But now, threats to water systems are eclipsing those faced by the grid. Verizon's March 2016 Breach Digest reports that company's risk team's engagement with a water utility. The utility, given the pseudonym Kimori Water Company, or KWC, believed itself to be secure, but Verizon found various critical vulnerabilities often exploited in the wild. Verizon also found that the utility was running a very dated 1988 IBM AS400 SCADA platform with multiple insecure network connections. Worse yet, it appeared that the utility's managers were aware of anomalous events that suggested unauthorized access to control systems, unexplained manipulation not only of flow rates but of chemical treatment of water running through the system. The public health hazard of chemical treatment manipulation is particularly disturbing. Ransomware and healthcare hacking generally are increasing to the point where alarmists are prepared to declare an epidemic. There is, however, some good news. The good actors at MSYSOFT have released another free decryption tool. This one works on Nimukad's cryptid ransomware. Once again, we say bravo, MSYSOFT. Consensus among observers is now that the alternative method the FBI's come up with to open the San Bernardino Jihadist county-issued iPhone involves NAND mirroring. The third party who's helping the Bureau is said to be Israeli cybersecurity firm Celebrite. Finally, there's a new malware variant out there. Once again, ESET, those boys and girls from Bratislava and San Diego, this American patriot reminds our Slavic allies, have discovered another USB-based threat. This one's an information-stealing Trojan that's currently active in the wild, loaded into USB drives strewn around parking lots, workplaces, and trade shows, its multi-stage malware leaves no traces on the victim's computer, the one the victims plugged the drive into, so they may never know their data have been copied and exfiltrated. Some are calling this an attack that overcomes air gaps, which in a sense, we suppose, it does. But really, if you've plugged something in, where's the gap? So, don't plug. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.
Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And I'm joined once again by Ben Yellen. He's a senior law and policy analyst at the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security. Ben, you're an expert when it comes to electronic surveillance and and the Fourth Amendment. Where do we stand right now in terms of what's been established in terms of our our right to privacy in the cyber domain? The Fourth Amendment obviously was written before we could have considered any of the threats of electronic surveillance. Electronic surveillance, it has been determined, does come under the umbrella of the Fourth Amendment, even though it's not a physical intrusion. And the reason it does is because the courts have said that we have a reasonable expectation of privacy when we make any sort of electronic uh, communication, whether it's by telephone, email, internet, or even some of the apps that we use. So that's good. I mean, that's a very... It's very strong to have Fourth Amendment protection. It means that in order for the government to get that information, they need a warrant, which is a pretty good standard for someone. That warrant has to be based on probable cause. The bad news for people who are civil libertarians is that the courts have acknowledged a national security exception and a foreign intelligence exception to the Fourth Amendment, meaning in many cases you actually don't need a warrant because the government has such a strong security interest that the Fourth Amendment doesn't apply to certain electronic communications if national security is implicated. So I think on a case-by-case basis, the court frequently weighs the national security interests at stake against the privacy interests at stake and can come to different conclusions depending on what the facts of the case are. Really, we're going to be having this battle between privacy and security. We've been having it in the physical world for over 200 years. We're going to continue to have it. I think it was sort of a fight that was reignited after 9-11, after the Patriot Act passed, after the Snowden disclosures. I don't think we're going to come to any solution anytime soon because I think the issues are so complicated. But it's good to know from a privacy perspective that electronic communications are subject in general to those Fourth Amendment protections. All right, Ben Yellen, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With Identity Orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. 
Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge, and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hey all, Rick here. At N2K Cyberwire, we're dedicated to continuously improving the quality of the news and commentary on our network. That's why we're inviting you to participate in our 2024 audience survey. It only takes a few minutes, and your feedback is invaluable. Plus, you'll have the chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card as a thank you for your time. Head on over to cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey to share your feedback now.